Hello, 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 and welcome to Rainbows Rising, where we ascend together. I'm your host, Rainbow Raja. We are in the month of February, and this month, we are talking about all types of relationships, all types of love. Love is one of the most powerful states of being. It can inspire art, poetry, writing, music. It can give you the strength to do the seemingly impossible. Help someone turn their entire life around. But what do you do when love isn't enough? What do you do when the person you love doesn't share those feelings for you? Or the person who claims to love you hurts you and leaves you feeling crazy. Maybe you even have a best friend who just blew up at you for no reason and hasn't spoken to you since. These are situations in our lives when we have to refocus love onto ourselves in order to learn valuable life lessons or to even find the love we so rightfully deserve. Today, I want to break down some situations, scenarios, where love for another isn't enough for you to endure the consequences. Now, please know all these relationship types that I'm about to get into can be applied to friends, family, or romantic relationships, so please keep that in mind moving forward. We're going to explore the topic of tough love and the most difficult type of self-love, brutal honesty and boundaries. So the first type of situation we're going to be talking about is unrequited love. We have all had the misfortune of rejection or having our hearts set on someone who is already emotionally invested in another relationship. It seems to be a cruel turn of fate. We are young, having finally found someone we are interested in, but having no power to change the circumstances. Some of us bite the bullet, recite, there are plenty of fish in the sea, and go through a short grieving process, listening to sentimental or possibly emo (laughs) music. Others might try to take their power back by manipulating the people involved, whether through hearsay or emotional blackmail. Uh, Some might silently pine over their crush, waiting for a moment of opportunity to slip in. (laughs) Well, some might even be brutally persistent, either to their benefit or detriment. Nonetheless, I see this situation as out of one's control. And no amount of love, devotion, acts of service, or honesty can change the will of another person. When you find yourself faced with unrequited love, this is the perfect moment to heal the I'm not worthy or I'm not enough wound. Look within yourself and ask the following questions. What do I like about this person? Go ahead, be specific. Write a short list. Take a look at your list. Cross off everything that is superficial. Everything about appearances. Everything about their lifestyle, what they have. 
what are you left with? A list of actions and personality traits. Well, hopefully. Ask yourself, are these qualities something I can find in another person? Are these qualities something I can give back to myself? If you find yourself just mentioning that you just feel love for them, do some deeper digging. Our bodies do have chemical reactions when interacting with certain people, but we also have to consider what these reactions mean. Is this the same feeling you get when you ride a roller coaster? Is this the same feeling you get when you stand up to speak in front of a group? If so, that is fear. The person is triggering the fight or flight in your body. If you don't feel fear, what feelings does this person bring up? Do they remind you of someone you used to know? Who was that person to you? Do you have fond memories of that person? Or was the interaction more complicated? Investigate your feelings for people. Investigate what you consider the sensation of love to be. Because sometimes we are doing ourselves a disservice by making assumptions without observation. Which leads me into the more controversial second type of situation. Toxic love. Bernie Spears has an entire song about it. <laughs> Toxic love is a common and extremely out of control situation. Some examples of toxic love is codependent relationships, abusive relationships, just friends or keeping the family together relationships, and silent but deadly. The codependent relationship is where one or both partners become reliant on the other for emotional, financial, or mental normality. Here are some signs you might be in a codependent relationship. One, you feel lonely with your partner. Do you find yourself feeling turned off to your own partner that you don't have fun or share affection anymore? Two, your partner stresses you out. Are you more relaxed around others than your partner? Do you find yourself irritated and frustrated with them more often than feeling calm and comforted? Number three, frequent fighting. Do you blame each other, bicker over topics you can't even recall? Do you find yourself hoping that they will change so everything can be okay? Number four, you feel stuck in the relationship. Do you wonder how to bring excitement and love back to your relationship? Do you feel like you're settling? Do you daydream that there might be a better partner out there somewhere for you? Number five. Feeling emotionally confused. Are you tuned into your partner's emotions but tend to ignore your own feelings? Or maybe you don't even know how you feel. Number six, you judge yourself harshly. Do you find yourself going above and beyond to get attention and approval from your partner? 
Do you feel the need to push yourself to look good and to be perfect for them? Number seven, you make your partner responsible for your feelings. Do you find that your unhappiness or foiled plans are your partner's fault? Do you find it hard to take responsibility for your own emotions despite difficult situations? Now, the best way to break free from a codependent behavior cycle is to learn to love yourself and to begin to define your worth based on your character instead of how someone reacts to you. It's important to step away from the situation and become reflective. So dedicate some time to emotional processing and comforting yourself in any situation where you might have some confrontation with your partner. If you are in a relationship where you find yourself feeling alone and empty, reflect on the love you dedicate to yourself. Do you treat yourself with love? What is the negative self-talk dialogues that run on autopilot in moments like this? Take time to treat yourself with love. Take yourself out on a date. Draw up a romantic bath with wine and a good book. You can actually get a $5 bath tray from Target. For the self-talk, reverse the dialogue. Whatever is spinning in your skull, say the opposite out loud to yourself. That way, you can start to rewrite your inner monologue. When you learn to see, appreciate, and love yourself, that's when you will have love to share. When we want love, we are coming from a place of lack, an empty place of (laughs) self-abandonment. When we want to share love, you are full of life and love for yourself. And this love then spills over onto others. Now, the good thing is a codependent relationship can be shifted. It just takes one of you to decide to learn to love yourself instead of expecting another to love you and all your flaws, even though you can't love those flaws yourself. So start today, start loving yourself, treating yourself the way you expect your partner to treat you, and you can start to clear a codependent relationship up that way. The just friends or keeping the family together relationship is when you choose to settle. You choose to settle for the betterment of everyone involved, usually children or to make your parents happy. But many times people choose to settle and stay with their partner because they don't think they can do better. Some people stay because their partner on paper is an incredible partner with very few flaws. So you can tough it out and be with somebody that you consider your best friend. Many dysfunctional marriages 
that share children will choose to stay together just to keep the family together, which is only to avoid the pain it might cost the children, as well as the legal and technical confusion and stress of divorce. But when you find yourself in a settling relationship, whether your motivation is that your partner isn't a horrible person or that you don't want to go through the trouble of a breakup, whether alone or with a family, it's really important that you take stock of the reasons you are feeling as if you are settling. What isn't your partner doing for you? What could be better? Can you do these things for yourself? When do you feel you are settling? And when you do feel that way, is it because your needs are not being met? Find out what that need is. Once you do, you can determine if that need can be met on your own or possibly by having a friend, community, or participating in an activity. Just be honest with yourself and know that when considering your reasons, if there is a pet peeve or a trait or maybe a behavior that your partner has that irritates you, those are little things that can be worked through either by shifting your own perception or by communicating with your partner. So I do have a test to see if you are settling, if you're interested in this test, I'm going to go ahead and do it. If you're not interested, just skip to the next chapter in your chapter thing. To determine if you are settling, answer these 10 questions, A or B. Try and keep track of as many A's and B's as they will determine if you are settling. How do you feel about your partner? A. The relationship has potential. B. I accept them as they are, despite some flaws. How do they treat you at their worst? A. They belittle what's important to you, humiliate you, and make you feel crazy. B. When you have a problem, they listen and make you feel validated, even if they don't agree? How do they handle compromise? A. When you tell them something is important to you, or how they can meet your needs, they will give an excuse, ignore them, or initially say yes, but forget to follow through. B. They might not follow through right away according to your expectations or timeline, but they consistently ta take action in the areas that are important to you. How do you feel around them? A. You feel insecure in the relationship. Wonder where you stand, how they feel. B. You have a sense of comfort and security, but the feelings of infatuation are no longer there. How are your interactions? You have intermittent 
great times, but find yourself daydreaming about the good times in the past. B. You consistently have good times together. You maintain a 5 to 1 ratio of positive to negative interactions. What is your social interaction? A. You go to friends and family with concerns or they share their concerns about your relationship. B. Your friends and family know that no one is perfect and that all relationships have conflict. What are their relationship goals? A. They hint at milestones like moving in or marriage, but isn't actively working towards that idea. B. They have talked about their own goals, discussing, planning, conflicts, and steps to reach mutual goals together. What are the warning traits? A. You experience criticism, contempt, defensiveness, or stonewalling on a regular basis. B. You might be critical or get defensive at times, but it's infrequent enough. Are there red flags? A. You dismiss and avoid addressing issues and red flags when they arise because, quote, you can't, quote, you can figure it out later. B. You both have brought up all the red flags and deal breakers with each other. You might have had some discomfort or hurt feelings, and you both recognize that some issues are just personality quirks. If you chose more A's, then you might very well be in a settling relationship. If you chose more B, you are in a transitional place in your relationship where the honeymooning period is over and you are now building a life. If you feel you might be settling in your relationship, please reach out to a relationship counselor or marriage and family therapist. These professionals can provide a safe space to hash out all your concerns and mediate a healthy communication between the two of you. Or more. (laughs) Letting go of someone you love can be absolutely terrifying and so painful. It's important to consider your health and happiness as well as your partner's health and happiness in this release. If you are at a place where you are feeling the relationship is beyond help, just know that breaking up a dysfunctional relationship helps everyone involved. Relationships are not one-way streets. If you are suffering, you both are suffering. The next type of toxic relationship I want to share is what I call silent but deadly. This is a self-coined term. The silent but deadly relationship is where a partner bottles up all their emotions, thoughts, feelings, pet peeves, and grievances until the emotional pressure is so overwhelming that they explode 
or just break up for no reason. People who find themselves in the silent but deadly partnership are people who feel the need to people please, carry the responsibilities of others on their shoulders, and a lot of times they feel their opinion isn't warranted or appreciated. This person will completely blindside their partner and leave them completely confused as to what happened. This unfortunately still falls into the last category, abusive relationships, but I decided to make it a separate entry due to the sole fact that this behavior actually stems from abuse. If you find your partner or yourself having these feelings, thoughts, and issues that you bottle up and then have a huge emotional volcanic eruption of weeks worth of issues, then you are the silent but deadly category. It is important that you communicate with your partner about your feelings and your issues in a healthy way. If they do not feel safe telling you about their feelings or vice versa, you don't feel safe telling them about your feelings, then one of the fundamental pillars of a relationship is lost. Trust. Seek out a trauma counselor or a marriage and family therapist who specializes in trauma to help you navigate intimacy, vulnerability, and the root cause to the situation that broke your sense of trust in others. Okay? So the last toxic relationship type is a really sensitive topic. It's a huge topic, which is why I left it for last. I want to preface this section with stating that I am not a licensed therapist. And if you are experiencing a situation of abuse, please seek a local domestic abuse community, a domestic abuse center to help you navigate the recovery journey you will need. In the meantime, it is important to understand what a toxic relationship can look like, as this can be a dynamic between parent and child, siblings, boss and employee, best friends, or domestic partners. Recognizing these signs, behaviors, and patterns can also give you the understanding to be supportive to friends and family who might be suffering in silence and in fear. Please know if you know somebody who is experiencing any of the things I'm going to go into, Please do not take action on your own. It is important to seek out professionals to keep all involved safe from repercussions. I will provide a national abuse link below. Uh, This is for the United States only. So if you are an international person, please check your own authorities for help. Now, moving on, we know that any physical violence directed at another person is considered abuse. 
But were you aware there are actually six different types of abuse? Physical. This includes all acts of physical violence, as well as driving recklessly, invading someone's personal space, or restraining or trapping someone against their will. Sexual, which involves any and all non-consensual intimate acts or words, as well as withholding or using sex as a weapon. This also includes judgment assigned value based on performance. Emotional. This is normally verbal battery, using words as weapons, criticizing and insulting someone to depreciate their sense of self-worth. Psychological. This type of mental abuse is when one partner, through words or action, wears down the other's sense of mental well-being and health. Many times, someone experiencing psychological abuse will question their own sanity or how events actually occurred. This tactic forces the victim to depend on their abuser because they doubt their own judgment. Financial. Because abuse is about power and control, an abuser will use any means to maintain control, including finances. Whether they want to control all of the budgeting in the household or opening credit cards and running up debts in the victim's name, this type of abuse is most often the big reason why someone is unable to leave an abusive relationship. Cultural and identity. This type of abuse happens when an abuser uses aspects of an individual's culture or identity to inflict suffering or as a means to control. This can be observed as refusing or guilting someone who wants to practice customs of their own faith or culture, using racial slurs, threatening to out someone as LGBTQ+, if their friends and family don't know, or isolating someone who doesn't speak the dominant language in a community. Within these six different types of abuse, there are known behaviors in the power and control dynamic. So just, just understand that under those six umbrellas of types, these different behaviors can be found in most of these categories unless otherwise stated. Using coercion and threats. Making or carrying out threats, whether physical or not. Threatening to leave, break up, commit suicide, report them to authorities, whether that be police, mental hospitals, child protective services. Making them drop charges. Making them do illegal things against their better judgment. Using intimidation. Making them afraid by using looks, actions, gestures, postures, smashing things, destroying property, abusing animals, displaying weapons, okay? Emotional abuse, putting someone down, making them feel bad about themselves, calling them names, making them think they are going crazy, playing mind games, humiliating them, making them feel guilty. 
isolation, controlling what someone does, controlling who they see, who they talk to, what they read, where they go, limiting their outside involvement, whether that be through guilt or through, you know, uh, making it so they can't go out, using jealousy to justify actions, minimizing, denying, and blaming, making light of the abuse and not taking the concerns seriously, saying the abuse didn't happen, shifting responsibility for abusive behaviors. Uh, That would be like giving excuses, right? Saying the victim caused the abuse. Using children, making the victim feel guilty about their children, saying things like, you know, you shouldn't act this way in front of the children, or you shouldn't talk about this, or if you leave me, you know, what are the children going to think of you? Those types of things. Uh, Using children to relay messages or gossip. Using visitation of, you know, to see the child to harass the victim threatening to take away the victim's children. Using male privilege. The man treating the other partner like a servant, making all the big decisions alone, acting like the king of the castle, being the one to define men's and women's roles. Economic abuse. Preventing the victim from getting or keeping a job through sabotage, okay? So that means maybe not driving them to their job or not being able to watch the kid on the day they have an interview or, you know, uh, not getting the car worked on so that you can't get to your job, whatever, having a huge fight with them before they need to go to their job, making the victim ask for money, giving the victim an allowance, taking their money, not letting them know about or having access to the family income. Now, that was a long list of behaviors, different types. I gave a lot of examples. You might have noticed a few behaviors that you have had in the mix. I know that I have had some of these behaviors before. So don't be too hard on yourself. Many, many people have some abusive behaviors. And a lot of times we act from a subconscious and learned pattern of displayed behaviors. Some of these traits may have been picked up in abusive relationships in the past, or maybe you learned them from your parents growing up. Don't be too hard on yourself, but be honest about all the unhealthy patterns you might have and be mindful that it is time to shift those habits. The first step to shifting any of those habits is self-awareness. Be gentle and forgiving when you mess up, but strive to be better in every situation. Just be aware. 
You can always talk to others, your partners, your friends, your family about these behaviors and let them know that you notice these traits in yourself, that you recognize that they are hurtful and that you are ready to change these habits. You can even ask for their help in recognizing when you do these behaviors. If you can change, so can your partner, right? So if your abuser becomes aware of their behavior and is remorseful and wants to change it, genuinely wants to change it, join some abuse survivor education courses. Go see a therapist together who specializes in abuse. Do some research together. If your partner does not recognize their own behavior and they don't care that it hurts you, then you need to start taking steps to provide an evacuation plan. There are a lot of resources available, emotional, financial, even rehousing for abuse survivors. So don't be afraid to reach out, to search your local community for some resources. Now, if this is a friend or a family member that is abusive, obviously you can't call a, an abuse hotline for that kind of thing, but it is time that you are brutally honest with yourself and with how your friends and family are treating you and set some boundaries. Cut off contact with these people, okay? Your health and safety, mental, emotional, physical, Financial should be the most important thing to you. If you don't know how to say no and set boundaries and force these people to not abuse you based on your boundaries, then you're not ready to interact with them yet. Take time. Collect your strength. Learn boundaries. Okay? However, the very last thing is if you have a partner with an overwhelming amount of these traits and you are deeply afraid of this person, even if you're marginally afraid of this person, do not confront them about their behavior. Don't go up to them, be like, on my podcast today, I heard da da da. No, no, bad idea, okay? You need to start to reach out to family and friend in secret. Call some domestic violence centers and shelters in private. Get information. Start to talk to professionals. They might suggest getting a restraining order or gathering a group of friends that can help you gather your belongings for a safe leave. Please, please, please seek out professionals so you can talk to them about your specific situation, and they can guide you on the best course of action that will keep you and, if you have children, your children safe. No amount of love can stop abuse. You need to set boundaries to find safety. This is the time to be 
brutally honest with yourself about what you are dealing with, where you fall on the scale of abuse, and to stand up for yourself by putting a stop to someone who wants to have power over you. If you have ever or are currently in a situation that is abusive, I want to say from the very bottom of my heart, I am so sorry. You do not deserve to be treated that way. And there is no excuse in the world that makes treating another person that way okay. You deserve to be respected and appreciated for the wonderful soul you are. I know you are strong enough to say no. I know you are strong enough to break free. I believe in you. And I'm proud of you for all of those warriors out there that are survivors of abuse and have escaped. Know that if you are in the thick of it, that there are so many people who have gotten out and are living incredible lives beyond any they could have ever imagined. So please have faith. Love yourself fiercely and do what you need to do to be safe. All right. Well, I know today was a long and heavy episode, but I want to thank you guys for sticking around to the very end. I am so, so grateful to be able to share my insights and perspectives, the lessons that I have learned on my journey through this life. So I really hope you all benefit from these discussions, from these these breakdowns that I do, and you all deserve the very best and most fulfilling lives possible. Your power is in your hands. And that is how we ascend together. Have a good day, you guys. Bye.
Are you ready to ascend to the next level? This is Rainbow Raja, your spirit guide calling. Please be sure to keep all arms and legs inside your vessel at all times. I'm just here to remind you to take some time today. Support Rainbow's Rising podcast. Go join the Discord community. Check out the Patreon. Get some stickers, custom tarot cards. Check out the merch. The merch. You know you want to. Go connect with Rainbow Raja. Maybe even get a session. Who knows? Your support helps make this show possible. And she loves to support you. Help support her too. Once again, this is Rainbow Raja, your spirit guide, guiding you to your ascension.